G'day, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the 911 ST, the end of the 992 range, and a bit of home maintenance. Welcome to Porsche Talk Podcast. G'day, Ajmal, how are you today? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, I'm, well, I'm good. I still haven't been able to shake off my cold, which I think was maybe COVID, so... I'm still on the, uh, you know, medicinal alcohol, but I'd just like to say today it's not cognac. It's a blended Japanese whiskey, Kasai, if anybody's asking. It's been happening out there in the uh, Porsche world since we last spoke, um, fortnight ago. Do you mean just generally in the Porsche world? Or yeah, in my I think Porsche? so. Yeah, look, I think just in general. I've seen on social media that sport classics are starting to be delivered. Meh. And exactly. Um, and a bit, I don't know if this is a bit more meh. It's um, is the ST. Everyone's talking about the ST that hasn't come out yet. Well, at least that's um, a GT product. Yeah, it it is. But at the same time, it's going to be. What's it going to be? Is it going to be a lightweight kind of GT3? Because it's going to have a GT3 engine. But I I don't I don't know I don't know if I can get excited anymore. And then you know, and it's kind of going to follow the template or the format of what they do with each of the lines. So, you know, it's probably going to finish with the GT2 RS. But at the same time, who's going to buy the ST? Is it going to be the same people who are flipping them? I don't know. I suspect the only people get access to the ST are the same people that have get access to all the other cars. And so very few people end up holding all the cars or cards. Yeah, but, but those looking at Flipping them, for example, well, you can't really, can you? Because if you get an allocation, and you you get you you know you get yourself on that waiting list because you've bought everything in the showroom and you've spent I don't know five million pounds, but then if you if you flip that and you make money on it, then you're blacklisted. You can't then go and buy another one. Well, that's all. That's dealer dependent. It's dealer dependent, but there's also okay because there's a bit of a a piss take thing as well that now the classic example and everyone listening will you should, will know about it chris harris spat the dummy about not so, getting his gd4 rs yes well it's a little bit of that isn't it because if you look at it on the face of it the way he explains it and he says well you know i took my gt3 back because what was his excuses it didn't really work for him because it wasn't you know he was only ever going to have one because he's got, what's he got? A 911T? A 991? No, he's got a 992 Touring. GD3 Touring. No, no, before. He, he's got another 911 though, hasn't he? A yellow one. Yeah, oh, that's a, that's a 991 he... um, GD3 Touring. His yellow car. No, that's not a Touring. I thought it was an... I'm sure, it's, I'm sure it is. Anyway. Yeah. Well, like last time I was around anyway, this place, said... right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chrissy, um, we know you're listening so why don't you come on and tell us all about it exactly because he said because he's getting a bit of a, a pasting on social media but, but he always said that he was going to get, just keep one of them and so obviously he said he took it back and he said it didn't work for him he couldn't really afford to keep it and he wanted the gt4 rs and they didn't want to give him the gt4 rs and obviously you know i know a few people at the dealership and you know it's kind of he wasn't he's he doesn't buy enough 
right? We all know this. He doesn't buy enough brand new Porsches to get on the list for a 911 GT3 Touring, right? That's that's common knowledge, right? I, so I, it was given to, to me. Okay. No, but it is. So that that 911 allocation would have been gifted to him. Right. Well, then once he's in, he's in, isn't he? No, no. See that that would have been gifted to him. He would have had to have taken somebody else's spot to have got that GT3 Touring. And then when he took it back, he would have gone, okay, I'll give it back, but I want the GT4 RS. And again, he would have to take someone else's spot unless they said, which I think they did, is, oh, we've already got one. You can have that one. But he didn't like the spec. Yeah, okay. So, it's a lot of, it's a lot of money. Know, I don't know if I'd be taking the car I didn't want. But the thing is, though, if you couldn't get on the list and there was no other way you could get one and there was one just happened to be there, but it wasn't the exact spec you wanted, you'd go, well, actually, if I'm an enthusiast and I want it. But at the same time, he went, no, up yours then. I'm going to flip that 911 GT3 Touring on collecting cars my own platform sure. for what's 70 90 thousand pounds more than i paid for it and you just think oh your little justification video is kind of backfired because people don't believe anything you're saying yeah. I, I kind of i i was disappointed in, in what he what he put out i uh, look ultimately he probably shouldn't have uh gone back to the dealer um, well i i don't know i think he um, i think he should have just been straight up and said, look, it just doesn't work for me, which isn't the dealership's fault, right? Sure. They, they gave him the allocation. Sure. It's not their fault that he doesn't, A, he doesn't like it, B, he can't afford to keep it, and C, it's I'm impractical sure for is, his needs. I'm sure that's his second GT3 Touring as well. That he's got now. It's not his first one. look it up. He had that yellow 991 GT3 Touring, which... He you didn't like the shade of yellow or something. He changed the shade of yellow on it or something along those lines. Yeah, and I that, was convinced. Isn't his current one like a deep, like that a deep sea blue one? Yeah, that's that's the one he's got now. Yeah, he's definitely had two then. Yep. Yeah, anyway, look. Right, let me have a look. Let me have a look. I don't know how much Chris Harris talk we need. The um, but what I would what I will pose the question, and I'd like to hear this from the listeners as well. What features? Are the deal breakers on not taking the one that's on the showroom floor? Yeah, you know, like for example, if you had your heart set on PCCBs, if you want, if you had to have ceramics, and the one they had there didn't have them, would you walk away from the deal? If you wanted, if you had, a, if you weren't that good getting in out of the lightweight buckets, if it had lightweight buckets, but you wanted comfort seats, is that a deal breaker? I know I'm curious. Is there any particular feature? It could be a color. Like, for as long as my bottom points to the ground, regardless of my level of enthusiasm, I would not be buying a yellow GT4 RS. Well, I think, for me, it's, I guess it's not right. The deal breaker is, it's having it or not having it. Yeah, no, like, let's say that... you've got the ability to go out and buy it, right? Yeah. So let's remove the money from the discussion. That's the first thing. Now, okay. you're at the, now you're at the point where you're hitting the global market because there are GD4 RSs available. Again, 
Let's not worry about the flippant part of it. Let's not worry about if you're paying over, all that sort of thing. What it comes down to is specification. What don't you want in a GD4 RS or whatever model in particular you're in the market for? Look, GD4 RS is probably a good example because, like I, as I pointed out, I wouldn't buy one, but if I was in the market for one, would I buy one that wasn't a Visark pack? No, I have to have a Visark pack if I'm buying an RS product. Is it more practical? Mm. No, it's way less practical, but it's an RS, so I've got to have a Visark pack. But that's just mm. me, you know? Well, I'm, I'm just coming at it from a point of view of somebody's an object, right? And you can easily get an allocation. And then it's about you walk into the dealership they know who you are, you've got the money in your pocket, and you're on the list, right? Yep. And you walk in, and, and they... So it's a case of you can order one, and it'll arrive in how long? What's, what's one the day. lead time? Probably, what, five months? A day. One day. A day. A day. But then but then there's, there is no deal breaker, is there? Because you can have the one that's parked on the on the forecourt or in the showroom and it's of a spec that you might not want or you can wait till tomorrow and buy and get the exact one that you want to the exact spec i think it's more to do with if it, if there was a a jeopardy to you getting it so if you said well actually i'll go on the i'll it's going to take five months to deliver but i'll get my exact spec or it's well, i'll just take that one because i could be driving it in an hour yeah but let's, i don't know yeah I mean, but that's not no, in this comparison it's a case of you can't order new You've got to take what they've got, or you're going to, you're you're going to the market of already ordered cars. This is a situation Chris okay, Harris okay. is in, right? So there's he's he's now going to if he wants a GD4 RS, he's going to have to shop for one, right? On what's yes. available. I'm curious as yeah. to what people's deal breaker is. Why wouldn't what, and particularly his as well, like what was it about the one that was on the showroom floor that he didn't like? I thought it was something to do with brakes. Ah, okay. Well, there's only two options, isn't there? Yeah. Maybe. So I think it was something to do with that. He doesn't like washing his car, like someone else we know. And... Oi. <laughs> so he didn't want steel brakes. Or he didn't want the uh, concern... Oh, he doesn't keep his cars long enough. I reckon it's because it didn't have ceramics and he wanted them. Mm -hmm. Possibly. He, he mentioned something in the, in okay. the video, and it's, it's, I don't know, it's just, it's just, you know, he's a he's respected journalist, and I like him, I like him as a journalist, I like him as a TV presenter, okay, uh, you know, you kind of sometimes put a little bit less into what, on sort of weight to what he says when he's got on a vested interest in so much sure like collecting cars yep, or yep. singer or whatever he's talking about you, you have to put a bit but then at the same time when he talks about things like you know suvs or the bentego or something like that you've got to look at it and go okay i agree with that and i like that he's saying what i'm thinking and a lot of people might be thinking mm -hmm. but not a lot of people are saying but then when it comes to that particular situation um i don't know i, I feel like it was a bit disingenuous of yeah, okay. not not fall out with them, but almost put this video out saying it's the fault of the dealership that I am putting my brand new <laughs> GT3 Touring through collecting cars and making a ton of money on it because they wouldn't give me the exact car that I wanted that I wasn't on the list for. Come on. Chris, 
come on, come on to the podcast and tell us why we shouldn't think you're acting like a spoiled little boy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Back, back to the 911 ST. Have they yes. actually confirmed what it's going to be yet? Like, there's been so much speculation about... And when I say ST, listeners, I'm talking about the 992 ST. Is it going to be a manual GD3 RS touring type thing? Is that what they're talking about at the moment? Well, the the speculation is all coming from an autocar article. There's about um, 25 so different articles out there about this spe- speculating on this car. So yeah, yeah, I haven't read but, the uh, autocar one. Most people are going by the autocar one, which I mean, if you go to autocar.co.uk, you'll you'll see it. Yep. Um, and that one is, it speculates yes. that it will be the GT3 engine, and it'll be manual, and it'll be I think it said it was manual, and it'll be the lightest. Ah, uh, so 911 with the GT3 motor. Yeah, so it'll be one of the lightest. 992s got it got it if not so, the lightest yeah so that, that, but it it'll, looks big it'll nip in under two just under two ton then yeah and why why <laughs> is it that just more generally on the 992 mm-hmm. when you look at the back of it yes well yeah, do you know what big bot just 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 I, i'm gonna say it now yeah porsche talk podcast is in danger of becoming a porsche podcast we have exclusively spoken about porsche cars so far and we are 15 minutes in, oh my god. Are we already 15 minutes in? Yeah, okay, keep going. But on the on the 992, the the rear, which you know, the, the, the rear of a 911 is supposed to be a beautiful, shapely thing, and has been. Yes. But it's just become this multi-layered thing now, and it's lost its shapeliness, its smoothness, its curvaceousness, it's that you want to look at it, you want to turn back and look at it when you've parked it whereas when i now see them and i haven't seen that many i've got to confess and if i owned one i have the beholder and all that maybe i'd think differently yeah but when i look at it i don't think it's a beautiful looking thing fascinating am i the only one um i would say like all 911s current generation is the most ridiculed like whatever the current generation is. When the 991 came out, mm. oh, I can't believe how big and fat it looks. It looks like a, you know, someone's just got a bicycle pump and pumped up a 997. You know, when the 992 comes out, oh, how could they even make it bigger again? Yeah, and the previous models looked back at with more fondness by the general pundit, you know. Like I, I think the uh, when the 994... I'm guessing the name, the number of the next model uh, comes out. We'll talk about, oh, how good was a 992? You know, so I, I, yeah, that's that's my opinion on that. Is it a big car? Yes. Is it a massive car? Yes. Does it feel like it's more of a GT car than sports car these days? Yes. But as soon as you get the thing out on the road and give it to it, hmm, actually, it's a pretty good sports car. The only, the, the real downside to it because of its mass Actually, when I say mass, I'm talking more size than weight because I don't. Whilst it is the heaviest 911 that's ever been built, compared to other sports cars, it is still a reasonably, you know, not an over-the-top uh, 
weighted car. So it just means there's less room within a lane to use the road because of the size of the car. But if you're going to go down that path, you've got to go back to about a narrow-bodied 911 from the 70s if you want a car that's human-sized. No, it's all right. The, my, my 996 is fine. No, it's not. You go park that next to your 912. It looks like it's uh, it had a really big Christmas. There is that. There is that. But I have, in the last couple of weeks, done probably about 800 miles in my 996. Was that in one trip? And, you know, uh, two trips. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so when you say 800 miles, it's not like you're driving it on a daily basis. Uh, well, I, I, so I took two trips. I've taken another one this week, mm-hmm. which is going to be about another 400 miles. But this time I will probably take the family wagon, the Audi mm-hmm. A3, uh, simply because I'll be stopping off my mum's. I've got to take some stuff, which actually would be fine in the 996, but it's costing so much money. Um, and also it's tiring. Because what I do, you know, what I do each, there's 200 miles each way. Yes. And I do it in, in one go. Mm-hmm. And then it's dark and it's raining. And this morning when I woke up at 9 a.m., it was minus six degrees Celsius. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You woke yeah. up at 9 a.m.? Like no, three I, hours, no, bef- three hours outside, before lunch? I mean, I, I, no, I mean, when I went outside at 9 o'clock. Ah, okay. When I woke up, it was minus seven. I probably would have been out of bed at half six. But when I went outside at 9 a.m., it was minus six. Yep. Okay. But I also have a slight cold. So I'm on, I'm drinking medicinal alcohol right now. And it's not cognac this time. It's a blended Japanese whiskey called Kasai, if anybody's interested. Um, <laughs> we are open for sponsorship from Kasai. Such. The, um... yes. I know that. I know they're listening in Japan. Of course they are. The I want to talk about some Porsches back back out motor racing. Last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and one thing that's exciting for me is the I guess um, intro or not introduction the debut of the Porsche nine six three prototype, the new Le Mans car yep. was out. Uh, doing the testing at the Raw before the Daytona 24. Uh, so yep. the Rolex 24 out at Daytona. And it was interesting seeing how competitive the car wasn't over the weekend. Yeah, I noticed that. I, I did see that. But, you know, and but everybody's racing new prototypes for this new category at IMSA there. So the it's going to be uh, fascinating to see how much difference the development over a week is going to make before the rolex 24 maybe they were doing that thing what do they call it sandbagging yeah that's not a thing for penske racing they don't like coming second there is that yeah there yeah is when you that. when you're uh, winning the nascar title the indycar title oh yeah we're okay coming eighth Behind all the maybe they just uh, don't want you know, maybe they're hiding hiding their performance before you know Le Mans. Yeah, unlikely. <laughs> unlikely, unlikely. However, in in contrast to that, Mexico Formula E, one two for Porsche. Oh yes, good result. No, 
How crazy is that? I just reckon there's a lot but, of luck involved with Formula E. Each, anytime I follow any of the racing, I think this is just chaos. Well, it is. You're right, because the, the thing that I can't get my head around is, so when, when a car is leading or in a position where it's being challenged, and as soon as it gets passed by the car challenging it, three cars go yeah, past eight it. cars go past Every it. single time. <laughs> yeah, every single time. And I just think, well, why has that happened? And then suddenly it's not like they've lost charge or they need to go back to the pits. And, you know, I mean, because they, they have a charge that lasts the race, race now. Yep. Remember remember when they used to swap cars? Oh, at least it was exciting. <laughs> it's, but it just, it's a bit... It's a bit comical, isn't it? You got my car's out of battery. It's a billion dollar whatever industry, but my car's out of battery. I need to pull into the pits, jump out of that car, and jump into another one. I need fully charged and ready to go. <laughs> I need to pull in Tesco to get some more D cell batteries so I can finish this race. Yeah, exactly. And I think in in the future, people will look back at it. You know, in fifty years time, and go, they did what? But <laughs> but that's assuming that Formula E is still a thing because. What's Formula One going to evolve to? I know, I know, people are going to say, "Oh God, they're talking about Formula One again." But what's Formula One going to evolve to? Because it's hybrid and it's super efficient and all of those things, energy recovery, but still ultimate performance. But it has to be biofuels, right? For Formula One. Yeah. Look, there is a the appetite for world domination of electric cars has stopped, right? in the general community. Like, I think you guys over there have got massive problems with your power grid and about five people in the UK are using electric cars. So the whole thing... They peaks. The whole thing is just, you know, it's not... It doesn't have... Um, people are consciously looking for alternatives now. Like, it's not a done deal that we all have to drive electric cars in the next 10 years. I, I think there's... That, You're there's right. A feel, there's a feeling in the air like that to me whenever I'm following any form of uh, media on the topic of people who either have opinions on it or are credible sources. So I don't. I think that whilst there was initially at some point a concern that uh, there's going to be a clash between F1 and Formula E, I, that's not going to happen. I think Formula E is going to drop by the wayside in, into almost the same level as go-karting. You know, I think the it's probably got about another five years in it, maybe, and it's going to be like you know the attendance and the the need for the manufacturers to be involved and identified with it is going to drop by the wayside. No, I I agree with that because with the fallout of all of this mining and you know creating batteries and yep. we don't know how they're going to be recycled or what damage that's going to cause to the planet. Same is going to happen to extremely all of those things mm -hmm. and. But but car sales, electric car sales are still up. And I think they peaked last month in the UK. Sure. And when I went out on Sunday for a pub lunch and we a car park we parked in had a big row of chargers and they were full. They must have been about 15. Sure. And this was in a small village. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, you know, in the middle of the city or anything. It was a small village. There were about 15 and they were all... I can't remember what the Mercedes one is. It might AQ be a plug-in hybrid. Something. But yeah, it was, It was. you know, it should have its own postcode. It was huge, massive. 
And it was all of those parked along there. And I think there's going to be a backlash against that. You know, if you're trying to be, there's a thing about being efficient. So people used to drive small cars, then SUVs took over the planet, and then people started electrifying. And the first, you know, the first sort of wave of electric cars, super skinny tires, super aerodynamic, lightweight, made for range and efficiency. Now that battery technology has moved on, everyone's gone, fuck that. We're going to make them the big, as big as a house. And, Rivian. you know, and yeah, and it's and, and it's pointless because if it's no longer a thing about being eco-friendly, saving the planet, it's just become, oh, we just we've just got a new power source. So we just need to make the biggest and the fastest using that power source. So we're causing as much, who knows, if not more damage as we did before. And again, we're doing that thing where no one is looking at how we replace cars and how we buy cars because you can't just over here we buy them well new cars are kind of replaced if you're into that pcp um payment thing not the drug uh if you're in the that payment plan same thing where you pay you pay in for four years and then but after three years you can either have a balloon payment after four years or after three years you can give the car back and get another one you can't do that with electric cars because you're not the one who's doing the eco miles in it because the eco miles come much later in electric car, certainly at the moment. So I don't want to go on a rant about it because I've probably done it already. But I think that backlash is going to come when the first wave of mass produced electric cars come to the end of their battery life and people go, what are we going to do now? And when they work out and go, hang on, to recycle those batteries is really bad for the planet because the processes it involves uh, to keep replacing them with new batteries is nuts. They're just going to put them in a hole in the ground. That's all they're going to do. And then dig out the the you know the metals out of another hole in the ground. That is exactly what's going to happen. That that's why I can't I can't get on board with it yet. But then again, I might never I might never get on board with it because you're right it will die away because big manufacturers will realize actually it's not the best thing for the planet and it's not the best thing for actually do big manufacturers care what's best for the planet probably not um but you know there will be a change in public mood and i think that will influence it i think i i agree the on the topics of uh your own car before mm mm-hmm. Besides driving it and not washing it, have you done anything else with your, either of your cars? I have. Uh, I have taken it to Jack, and he has changed the pulleys, and it no longer squeaks. <laughs> I was going to ask about the pulleys when you mentioned you'd been for another long trip. Yeah. So it was, again, I took it to him. And the pulleys arrived a bit late in the day. And then because of work that I had going on, I couldn't go back to get it that same day. So he just literally picked me up the following morning from outside my house because he lives in the next village. So on his way to work, he picked me up, drove me there and I got the key and I went to the petrol station and then I drove 200 miles to my meeting. In in comfortable Uh, silence. in, In silence, yes. And... Do you know what I've been I've been thinking about? And at the moment, I just have my phone, and I don't have it plugged into anything. I haven't got one of those USB things in the lighter, which I need to order to keep it charged. 
And I, I have a, a period correct 1990s Alpine or Alpine, whatever, however you want to pronounce it, stereo. And it's old tech. It's a CD player. Sure. And just thinking, should I get um, the, you know, the in-car entertainment that upgrades it the to Porsche the latest Porsche spec? That... Exactly. And as much money as you paid for that car, I reckon one of those would be. Well, it's 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 twenty percent of the value of the car almost. <laughs> I've actually got it down well, to talk about that because they've introduced the new one for the nine nine sevens and nine eight sevens and KNs from 03 to 08 yes. are now they... compatible with the new PCCM plus. Exactly, because I did. I I messaged Michael Barr. Uh, yes. because he was asking about it, I mean, all that time ago when it came out for the 906 and Steve had got it yet. And he's the same as me, you know, you look at it and you and you think, yeah, I could probably buy it, but it just feels like an eye-watering amount for a car stereo, essentially, that for nearly all short journeys, I never turn it on. I never listen to music. I don't need the sat-nav. And it's only when you're on a really long journey and you're stuck at 70 miles an hour or as it is with Roadworks, 50 miles an hour, and you're sat there in silence. And I listen to podcasts and things like that on sure. the way to, to my meeting. But, you know, if you had the maps and things like that and you weren't draining your phone and getting towards the end of your journey and going, oh, my God, my phone's about to run out of battery, then um, I, I think it'd be useful. But it's just that, you know, it's such an eye-watering amount of money. But How much is it in the UK? A couple thousand pounds value. or something? Um, I think just to buy it, it's thirteen hundred pounds or fourteen hundred pounds. That's sure. just buying it and then yes. obviously fitting it. I, I guess I could fit it myself, but you know you've got to move the air conditioning controls down and stuff like that. And you just think, can I be bothered messing about with it myself? And I'd want to set put a microphone in and things like that if I wanted to use hands free. And so I, I, it's just if if I was suddenly flush with money, I'd think about it. But I well, just I just can't warrant the with spend. Your, you know, you've got an Alpine stereo in it currently that isn't factory, right? Yep. Along those lines, which you've comfortably lived with for the whole ownership of your car. Well, I say comfortably lived with it. I don't know where the front of it is. I was going to remove a faceplate. Is it that sort of old tech, is it? It's got, it's, yeah. So I took it, yeah, I, I took it off. Hmm. And I don't know what I've done with it. Okay. It's somewhere in it's probably somewhere in the car. Okay, let me word it differently. Let me word it differently. It, yeah, wait, wait. it might still be jammed in last year's Christmas tree. That you've since disposed mm. of, right? No, no, it was it's been missing since before the Christmas tree yeah, debacle. Okay. The um, no, but when I'm when I'm in comfortably with, I mean, you've been okay with that stereo in having that stereo in the car up until recently, okay, for your ownership of the car. Yep. That being the case, why don't you just go for another more modern aftermarket stereo that does take up the same amount of space? And I can guarantee you, someone makes something that makes it look as good as during the install that it will be all touchscreen, have your Apple iTunes and all that sort of stuff, you know, CarPlay like and all that sort of rubbish get going on, you know, and, and like you said, map, no one uses Maps on Nav anymore. They use their Google Maps or their Apple Maps off that when they've got CarPlay or Android Auto connected, don't they? Yeah, exactly. If it was, car, if it was AirPlay or whatever, CarPlay, 
then you would just have them have your phone maps on the screen, which I used to do in, or you know, Google Maps. Go after market, to do you know, get another Alpine. Get that installed. And I bet you the well, whole thing, you'll a... drive away with a, a bill of about £600 and you end up with something that's probably even better than what the uh, PCCM is anyway. I feel like you're saying, instead of having this internal debate, why don't I just go and buy something off the shelf and fit it in five minutes myself? Well, look, I suspect it could be a whole day, knowing you, not five minutes. And you're going to want no. to do it so it looks as good as what the PCCM does, right? Yeah. And I think there are ones out there and even Porsche do one, don't they? Which is single DIN. Mm-hmm. That oh, is, has is your car only got a single DIN space or a double DIN? It's got single DIN, so but you can make it double DIN by moving the cassette uh, holders, climate controls down. <laughs> so, so you can move the climate control controls yeah, yeah. down into a there's a pocket that you can move it down to there, and then it fits it. at the top. Uh, which you know you'd I have think, to do to put the PCCM plus in there anyway. Let's face it. Yeah, okay. yeah, which is the standard thing. So, so I could buy one an aftermarket one that does that anyway, or I could just buy another better, like you say, a single DIN. And all all I really needed to do is play great music, the radio to work, and to plug my phone into it, and it charges my phone. Just spend one pound thirty in getting get your lighter USB. Yeah, it's in and my your, uh, and, and wear your headphones while you're driving. Done. There you go. I've just saved you yes. a fortune. Well, yeah, that's what I've got in my Amazon basket to get one. Uh, all I need to do is just go and measure because the lighter is a bit shorter than your average lighter, so I need it to fit in properly. And uh, I already used my Apple AirPods to listen, so yep. that 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 would that would just fix it. Okay, so and I think we both know which path you're going down. Yes. Well, until I've you know won the lottery and uh, instead of going and buying a GT3 Touring, I'm just going to get the PCC Plus in the nine nine six. Yeah, for my nine nine six. Yes. Classic. The uh, well, I've been uh, the three five six at the moment has. A lot of stuff off it, like a, a lot of engine metal, a lot of uh, engine cooling metal is uh, sitting on the garage floor at the moment because yep. when I last changed the exhaust to the, I had a, you know, the four into one Sabring style exhaust on my car. Yep, I've changed it to the Dunsk uh, sports exhaust. When I did that, I've got a. I've, when the engine rebuild was done, we installed a full flow oil filter system. And yep. where we mounted the oil filter with the old exhaust, when I put the dunsk on, the where the pipe sit means that the oil lines that we ran, one of them became too short. So I had to sort of put the oil filter bracket that we manufactured on a slight angle. So anyway... I wanted, I'm about to do an oil change and do the valve clearances on the car. But when I do so, I'm going to actually replace that oil line so that I can get it all back to the way it was, but to access all that. Right. And also that back, um, the very rear piece of uh, engine cooling um, metal, sheet metal, 
when that's in place, when you do the valve clearances, you can't use a socket on the to turn the crank to you know set to rotate oh, the crank right. to get your uh, to, to do your valve clearances. So if you remove that, it just means you can put a, a socket with a and you can access it from underneath the car where you already are when you're doing your um, valve clearances. You know, rather than up. So you were doing there. the valve clearances yourself. Yeah, why not? I'll have a crack. The uh, so I've just taken a swig of my uh, yeah, we can whiskey. Um, the <laughs> the uh... <laughs> so yeah, that's the project for the coming week or so. I've got to do that, but to dump the oil out, your car's got to be hot, obviously, and to do the valve clearance, yep. your car's got to be very cold. So I've got to take for a drive. And then dump the oil, then come back to it the next day to do valve clearances. Oh, and me getting so, me getting those two windows consecutive days—that's not that easy in my lifestyle right now. So, how long has it been in pieces? Oh, I just pulled all that metalwork off on Sunday. What day is it today? Monday. Yeah, oh, no, it's for me, it's Tuesday for me. Yeah, so a couple of days. See, I've um, I've kind of lined up going to buy the new distributor for my nine twelve. Oh yes, okay. Now, I think you should fix. Now I know I'm. Well, yeah, there's that, but um, but the because the weather is so cold, so there's there's so much salt on the roads. There's so much salt on the roads, and so I've got to wait a long time. For that to clear so probably we're talking what it's what now the 23rd of january so probably mid-march if the weather is right i'll be able to go and get it and i'll take it to jack or or i might even do it myself change that damper on the steering rack and then this distributor um there's a guy locally called vw jim and he stocks them yep so i messaged him He's going to have one in stock in probably about a week. Mm-hmm. So it's probably about 35, 40 minute, 35 minute drive away. So I can go and pick it up myself. Um, and it just means that I've got it and ready to go. And there's, there's a couple of them. One of them's easier to set up and one of them's a bit trickier. And I think the one with Bluetooth that you can do off your phone is slightly trickier. I might be completely wrong. I'm not too sure. Mine's, mine's a plug-in. Mine's not a Bluetooth. Uh-huh. Mine uses okay, a micro so USB, you... and can you do it on the phone? Possibly, but I think when each time it's my curve's been looked at by someone, it's been on a laptop because the software for it is laptop driven. So maybe there's an app on your phone now for that Bluetooth version. Yeah, this one's sure. an app. So this one's an app, sure. and also I think it has built-in security, so you can disable it. So really? the car can't be started. Okay. Yep. That sounds that sounds like a so, potentially problematic. Well, yeah, because that's one of those. Has anyone like, seen my know, phone? Remember we... Yeah, and also not not just that, but um, but you know, well, this is it. When you go somewhere and you drive somewhere, you go, I better secure the car, and then you're out wandering about, and your phone battery runs down, and you're like, oh crap. <laughs> but the but at least this way, if I set it up. And then I can come back and talk about how it's it's going to drive better. And it is that, you know, when it's warm and the high idle and it starts really badly, 
So I hope it would get rid of all that and it would have a smooth sort of power delivery. I think it would just, and it's going to be what, I think it's going to be 300 and something pounds, maybe 350. So it's a lot of money, but I think the benefits that I'll get from it will be worth it. I think it Hopefully. will. Look, I know it is. Oh yeah, you've got one. On, on what is almost exactly the same um, engine. Hmm. I think it'll be the difference for me. I think it really. I mapped. I mapped around with. I fiddle um, about with it. Reconditioned, two reconditioned, a one brand new and one reconditioned distributor before going to this, and even the reconditioned one, there's still shaft play compared to the brand new. One two three. The the one two three is like made by someone who manufactures Swiss watches. And the other one feels like a stick in a bucket. Right, the only way to. I think that's what it is. The only way to, to describe the comparison between the uh, old distributor and even the new one that I got, which as new as it can be. But anyway, that aside, I th I'm looking forward to hearing your uh, responses on how much better the engine is. The oh yeah, I can't wait! Can't wait to get it. You mentioned before about the weather. Now, I know we bring up the weather fairly occasionally about how it's always shit cold where you are and how it's always lovely warm where I am. And I was... we The weather's been that bad in the UK. It's actually made the news over on this side of the world, right? About how many, how many how many people are even more miserable than their normal miserable baseline because of the quality of... or lack of quality of life, which... Had me asking the question to myself of, Ashmal, you have daughters as I do. You're a father of young people. You have a wife. Mm -hmm. You have multiple Porsches, which implies you enjoy a level of affluence in your life. Now, there are varying levels of affluence, but you, nonetheless, you do have a level of affluence. You're sitting here drinking Japanese whiskey one evening doing a podcast. So, you know, you're a long way from living in the third world. Which the question I had asking was, is Ajmal living his best life by putting up with an environment that is trying to get rid of humans? That being the UK weather. Well, Why do people I mean, live there? I mean, on the affluence point, yes. um, I guess you could... I had an internal debate with myself today and I thought I'd push the boat out and I had two coffees while I was out at the coffee shop today. <laughs> so, you know, I was... I feel like I was, well, pushing the boat out. Um, but in terms of cold, it was sunny today and England is home to me and the cold is part of being English and being in England and even when I go on holiday and I love Italy I have the best time with my family when I go to Italy and I every time I look at I look out of the window of the airplane as it's coming over England I see greenery and I, in my head I always think the green green grass of home even though that refers to Wales in the song um but it sounds like a George Ezra song 
Uh, it's Tom Jones, isn't it? No, no, there isn't. Anyway, keep going. Yes. But the... Because um, it's home. But at the same time, the pandemic has taught me that if... Because pre-pandemic, I used to hate the winter. I used to absolutely hate the winter. And it was more to do with the fact that I would be going off to London for work. Sure. I'd be leaving on a 6.45 train. Still I'd dark. be kind of dressed... Yeah. I'd be kind of... It's, it's dark, it's cold, it's raining. I'm kind of dressed for the office and kind of dressed for the winter. Sure. And I'm not really dressed appropriately for either. And then you get to the office and you're uncomfortable all day because it's probably too hot in the office and it's too cold outside. And then you come home in the cold, the dark, the rain. And then the pandemic happened. And during the day, I just forced myself to go out. And because work was busy, so you'd go, no, I am going out. But then you dressed appropriately and it didn't matter what the weather was. It was nice to be outside. And I've kind of kept that going. So today when it was still minus two degrees at midday. Um, I, I went for a walk and I walked a mile um, to half half a mile to the coffee shop and a half a mile back. Um, and I really, I really enjoyed it. And, and it was great because, you know, I had a, I had a, a blog about technology to write and I drank my coffee, looked out the window. I got chat GPT to write my uh, blog for me which took like, instead of, you know, an hour and a half, two hours getting it reviewed, it took maybe 45 seconds. And because, have you used ChatGPT? No, I don't know what it is. You don't know what it is? No. Have you been living in a cave? Sort of. Sort of, yeah, you're in Perth. But, but the, so ChatGPT is this, I mean, all the listeners, I'm thinking have heard of it. It's a... Um, it's developed by a company called OpenAI. Microsoft has invested loads in it, and you can ask it to, you can ask it things like, "Why are Porsche great cars?" and it will give you this conversational response. You can say, "Why are Real Madrid good at football?" But you can also say, "Write me a blog about technology, reference relevant case studies, make it about user and customer experience, and make it." Um, um and mention mental health and it will write you i don't know a thousand word blog and it will take information that's readily available and it will and all you have to do is fact check it and then go boom done and that's what i did but the thing is i really enjoyed my walk and i enjoyed it because although it was minus two but i was appropriately dressed and the sun was shining and i live in a beautiful part of the world so when you're walking it's it's still enjoyable. Whereas before, when you, it doesn't matter where you live. If you're leaving the house and it's dark and it's raining and it's cold, you don't see any of it. I I would suggest that. Yeah, you know, I have a fairly strong cycling background, as you're aware. That we and there's always been this saying in cycling: there's no such thing as bad weather for training. There's just bad wardrobe choice. Mm. And that's exactly what you're talking yes. about here now, right? The, however, Absolutely. I like the wardrobe choice of shorts and, oh, hang on, I only said singlet, vest, to um, go down the beach before I start work. I, li- I like that. No, I can appreciate that. But at the same time, I like seasons. 
and we have definite yeah, we seasons have seasons still too. for now. We have cold mornings in winter. It gets down into single digits in the winter, in the mornings here. And then, you know, once the sun pops up, it gets up over 10. And like we, our average in winter is probably mid-teens or high-teens. So That's not winter. That's spring. It's enough winter. It's enough to justify owning a jacket and wearing jeans. There is that. There is that. Because my younger brother, he's... So, obviously, he grew up in England... And he lived here, and he was born here, lived here until he was mid, early 20s. Is he on, he's on Sunshine then, Coast, isn't he? He's just the one? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's in Queensland now, but he, he moved, he lived for about 20 years in Sydney. And talking to him when he was over here, and he said, um, he said, I've never been colder than I was during the winter in Sydney because buildings aren't made for the winter. Mm-hmm. So he said, it's all single glazing. Yep. There's no heating. And he said, I'm sat watching television. I've got a woolly hat on. I've got a big coat on. I've got a blanket over my lap. <laughs> and he went, Whereas in England, they're made for the winter. There's central heating. They're double glazing. You're sat. There might be a roaring fire. And he went, it's very different. Yep. But the fact is, over here, the difficulty is for your mood. So for probably about 10 days ago, over here, it was you just woke up and you felt like there was there wasn't any daylight the temperature was mild it was raining but it just felt sort of gloomy all day like the sun couldn't come out and you just even when you go out you just think i'm so depressed i just want a bit of sunshine and i think that's what it is i don't care about the cold there's a bit of sun i'm happy well on look you know we've obviously spoken about this topic for some time on this podcast already however the revelation for me was some people choose a year of comfort for a holiday in the opposite and others choose a life of discomfort for a holiday in the opposite. I choose so you're the current, first one. You're correct describing my mother there. <laughs> so she'll be one of the two people listening. Yes. Um, where she furnishes her house. Oh, this, oh, yeah, I think you've mentioned well, so this before. I'm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> she's got all the nice stuff that she only brings out on special occasions, but there's no special occasions yeah, left. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So there's, there's. So she lives in a house. Yeah. You know, it's her house. Mm. She's retired. Lives in a house by herself, three bed house, and everything in there is catered towards all. I'm one of five, so I've got four siblings. Yeah. All of us being in the same house at the same time. The whole house is catered for that. Beds, sofas settees and you know which hasn't which hasn't happened for about 14 years right no it happens maybe for one day every three years or something like that we're all in the same hemisphere and and so i said to her mom you need you know because she's got a bad back you know she's got a heart condition and she needs to be comfortable and but she sits on this really uncomfortable settee sure in inverted commas i'm I'm doing Mm -hmm. that I know it's a podcast, so I'm doing that inverted commas fingers thing. Um, and, and so I said to her, Mom, that's really uncomfortable. I don't have a bad back and, you know, it's uncomfortable for me. Why don't I get you a really comfortable, big, tall um, armchair that you can rest your head, you'll, you'll support your back, things like that. But she said, where will I put it? Because I've got a sofa and a settee. And I went, well, you have to obviously get rid of the sofa or the settee, thinking the settee, the settee, because it's yeah. so uncomfortable. <laughs> no one likes sitting on it. 
And she's like, no, 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 no. But what's going to happen when all of you are here? And you're like, mom, why don't you furnish the house for every day instead of for that one day every three years that we're all here? And it's that exact thing. But at the same time, it's it's about that thing about being home. For me, it's, you know, England is home and the weather is not, you know, there's a there's a perception throughout the world that it's always raining, that it's always cold, but it's actually not. There's you know there's a winter season. No, no, and, no, and you might be. The UK is weather purgatory. No, no. Yeah, it's that middle no, place reckon... that isn't great, isn't terrible. It's just anyway. Look, the, I want to go down this path as a segue no, to... You can't, you can't, you can't, wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't finish on that. You can't finish on that. No, no. <laughs> that's that, that's because... part of the podcasting thing, you know. You just leave the question hanging and then move on. No, 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 no. Because there, it is that three-month thing where it is cold. It, it's cold. Let's, you know, there's no two ways about it. But there's... But it's not cold there's like, seasonal thing. we'll go ice skating to school today. It's cold like mud and slush and shit. No, it's 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 not yeah, winter it's wonderland icy. for three months, right? No, 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 it's not like that. You you get the actual freezing icy cold is probably if you hold it all together, it's probably about three or four weeks. The rest of it is probably cold and gloomy, maybe rainy, but it's seasonal, it's it's Christmas Christmas falls in the middle, so it's Christmassy, you know, because in Australia, for example, on windows, shop windows, you get the fake snow painted on the glass, but it's actually like yeah. forty-five degrees outside. Yeah, that's yeah. That, yes. I think that's but, that's the eighties. People haven't done that for a long time. Though, yeah. we've, but, we've, but we've embraced our identity by now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But whereas over here, there, there's the atmosphere in the air that you know it's the you know, a Christmassy atmosphere in the air and how you greet people, mostly in the dark. But the um, but then the season change when they, when it starts to change and spring comes, I love that. And from then until, you know, October, I, I love that. But that's like, you know, eight or nine months. It's amazing. Great. You should move over here. Uh, this is like this. You know what? The visits are a policy of reluctance. Now, the, um, the segue that you completely destroyed for me now, that I was hitting here, right, was that the thing about saving something... You know, having a li- oh, having yes. a lifetime of discomfort and choosing your holiday of comfort versus the other way around. The to me, I want to go down the path of people that buy cars and don't use them. Oh. They aspire to own a, a like, and the reason I'm bringing this up is there's a really really early GD three nine nine two GD three. When I say early, I'm talking you know six eight ten months ago. To live it here in Perth. Whoa, that's, that's, that's way back, back. That's back at the uh, to the Porsche Centre at the moment for sale. Back in the day, good good times. Shark blue, you know the launch colour, right? Oh yeah, yep. Yeah. One hundred and twenty six kilometres on the Odo. Kilometres. <laughs> Why? Why? This is my point. How are, how are we getting to a world where someone's given an allocation? To have one of these cars and drives it 126 kilometres in probably, it's probably a year, if I'm being honest with myself, since those cars were delivered here in Perth. I have an idea on oh, that. Let's hear that. 
Porsche need a new policy. So let's say you're buying any kind Use of it or lose car, it. right? No. You buy you collect on collection day, you pick it up at a track. And you have to do five hundred miles on the track before you can take it home. And you've gotta take it to the limit. And you've got to do go through three sets of tires. I've got another it's a good idea, right? But I've got another idea. Deliver the car to me run in. You know this yeah, you've got to do a miles, thousand miles or whatever the number is, right? Or fifteen hundred kilometers. I can't remember what the number is. I'm not in a privileged enough position to know. But the give it to me, done. I want zero on my engine the day I collect it, ready to redline. I don't want to faff around for a month or two weeks or doing whatever I've got to do in my new car I've been waiting forever for. And let's face it, for a lot of us, if we ever get the opportunity to get one of those types of cars, have aspired to own for a long time, just give it to me so I can drive it now. I agree. Do you know do you know why I know it's five hundred miles? Tell me because because I saw a video on YouTube of the of a friend of the podcast, uh, Chris Harris, yes. picking it up from <laughs> Reading, Reading Porsche, and he had to do the 500 miles to break it in before he got to a track. Yeah, okay. And it was that shock blue, and he then did the review of it. And, uh, yeah, 500 miles, you just go, yeah, just just give it with, with the 500 miles on, and maybe Porsche should do those 500 miles on a roller or something. They just put it in the showroom, stick it on some rollers, tr- do yeah. 500 miles. Or even more importantly, do it on a dyno and don't trust me to do it properly. You do it, You do what needs to be done so that when I get it, I'm not going to wreck it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No one I on this planet, it. right, is doing their 500 miles exactly as per the running procedure. Mm. You give me a brand new GD3. You think I'm not going to want to listen to that 9,000 RPM within the first week I've got it? Exactly. Of course I am. No, I agree completely. I think that's that's what we need to do. That's, um, I know Porsche's listening. Yeah. Andy. Andy, yeah, Andy's listening. Um, Run your motors in. Do that. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, just 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 get it in, you know, Sport Plus, whatever. Does it does a GT3 have a Sport Plus mode, or is it just permanently in Sport Plus? You'd think it'd be permanently in Sport Plus, right? I haven't driven a 992 GT3 yet. Listens out there. If anyone in Perth's got one, tap me on the shoulder. Well, I've um, I've I've been near one. <laughs> yeah, I've been near one too. But you go know, back to the 126 kilometer car for a second. Oh yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Can, besides, it just it hasn't been used, obviously. However, the Porsche Centre are offering it. It's clearly under consignment. Yeah. Okay. Which means the Porsche Centre get a commission. And the consignment price is... A couple of hundred thousand dollars more than what a new GD3 costs on the configurator. Wait for a second there. I thought you said a couple of hundred thousand. Yes, that's exactly what I more. said. Hush, 
Holy shit, why? That's just ridiculous. It's not even broken in. It might explode. We, hey, where are you going to buy one? Where else are you going to buy one from? I just, I don't know. It just, you know when you just go, it's it's not in the, like, we're enthusiasts, right? Sure. Someone, someone give us one of those cars and you just try and stop us driving it, right? And and driving it and every, every opportunity would get, you'd give it a squirt. Yeah. Like, you know, you try and you try and get that thrill because because we're enthusiastic and I like to think that ninety five percent of people are like us, but maybe it's ninety five percent of people who can't afford them either. Yep, fair. But it's but it's the you know if you're an, an enthusiast you would do that, but if you're not an enthusiast and you're looking for an investment, then it feels like why is that person given an allocation over? There will be someone with the money who's an enthusiast. Well, there definitely is. I know of I know of six or seven people in Perth that can't get a GD three, right? And they would drive it as well. Yeah, I'm talking people that are nutcases, right? Like us, and are in the financial position to cut the check if it was list price. Yeah. Now and available to them if they could get allocated. Yeah, correct. But. That extra two hundred grand, yes, listeners, two hundred thousand dollars. Put it it's more expensive than a pretty much fully loaded PDS GD three RS at list. This GD three is, wow. You know, so it's just and Porsche obviously take you like I said as commission out of that. I don't know what that number is, but it's probably in the Bacindia 5, 6, 7% or something like that, at a guess. So it's actually in their interest financially to sell it with this markup. So it's almost like they're condoning the flip. I think someone needs to buy it with a stupid amount of money and just go and do donuts in the car park as soon as they pick it up. I just... I, I would love that. There's some ethical problems I have with this situation at the moment. And I like I like the people at the Porsche Centre here in Perth. They're you know they're very helpful for me. They've um, you know I'm in a fortunate position where I get the opportunity to drive cars and you know they they look after me in the service department quite well. I just yeah, but this part of it I'm just I'm struggling with. I just don't think they're doing the right thing. No, I agree because was it. Uh, late last, mid last year, I did go to the Porsche dealership here, and they had a nine nine one Speedster, and that had so two thousand eighteen that would be sure, and that had six hundred miles on it. Yeah, at least it's running. So you know you, well yeah, but what is you're talking about uh, a car that's what you know not very old. Deliver, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Was that yeah. you know year, yeah, and that's years old. Yes. And it's what three hundred. It was th- nearly three hundred and twenty thousand pounds, but obviously someone's traded it in, or they've, you know, got obviously a massive amount of money for it against probably a GT car, and then it's just sat there. Who's going to buy it for that, m- you know, massive overage on cost, and then go? Oh, I think I'll use that because you're going to pay a premium because it's got the low mileage. And are you then going to say, well, actually, I'm going to knock the mileage up? Most of, anyone who's going to buy it is good, then going to stick it in the garage. Well, there's a 911 R in Nuts. the showroom under consignment as well. Great motor car. Mm. I have been privileged enough to 
drive one of those, right? If not the GT3, but I've driven a 911R. Peak 911 for me. Love them, right? Amazing motor car. It's got 401 kilometres on it. What's that, a 2016 model or something? That's that's ridiculous. It's probably been for a service and back. And every year. For the last yeah. for the and last six it. years. Yeah. I, I think you know when because there's I've seen a few I think Jack was telling me about where he's had to work on a a nine nine seven dot one recently. And he said, you know, it was just one that just someone just wasn't using. It got went to for an MOT every year. It went for a service every year, and that's it. Yep. And you're there going, if that came up and it's got super low mileage, something like forty thousand miles maybe, and you go, I, I couldn't touch that because you're going to have IMS and ball scoring issues. You're going to because it's it's so old and it's done no mileage. And when someone says to me, oh, but you haven't had the IMS done, and you go. Dude, it's done 160,000 miles. <laughs> it's not an inherent fault if it now has an IMS issue. <laughs> yeah. Well, if something happens to it now, it's because of something dumb I've done, right? <laughs> or yeah, it's just worn exactly. out. Exactly. And you go, yeah, it's just worn out and that's it. So it's ridiculous that when, when people look at it and go, but if you look at a really low mileage early 997, and it's not, it's not low mileage because, you know, someone just uses it sparingly it's low mileage because it just doesn't get used well that's completely different well i'll tell you some irony of this conversation you have a 912 that you rarely use and there are people whose dream car is a 912 how is this different to the gt3 owner that doesn't use their car i don't you see i don't use my 912 not through choice it's exactly through it's, choice it's, it's not through choice, it's through a lack of access to it. And, you know, because... Which is a choice. You can choose no, because... to drive down there and say, I'm going to drive today, leave the 911, drive it around for a day, then bring it back and get back in your 911 drive home. No, it's it's mostly because it's... I, I blame Chris Harris because he hasn't been around to build my garage so I can put it there and then take it out whenever I want. I'd be fettling it now. I'd be doing, you know, I'd be a YouTube sensation, putting my new distributor in, changing the um, the thingy damper on the steering rack. Even when I was putting the stereo in, my, my Sanyo, new old stock 1970s cassette player with auto reverse. All of those things, you know, it'd be, it'd be a game changer. But as it is, I, that's going to happen later this year, maybe. Maybe not. The... YouTube sensation. Ashmal. Yeah, I think that ship sailed for me. Nine months ago, I was looking at my analytics. Mm. I released two videos, then I released none for like seven months, right? So nine months ago, I released two videos combined. Sure, very modest by a lot of YouTube standards, but combined... 22,500 views, right? Which I'm pretty good with. If I get 10,000 views in a video, I think I've yeah. done amazingly well, you know? It's been very well received. That's really good. Yeah. The last three videos, which I've released in the t last two months, combined, 1,200 views. 
1,200. See, I, I've released one in the last sort of two or three months, and that's kind of like teetering around 600. Yeah, my um, last one's like 150 on that 458 Speciality video. <laughs> no one's watched it. Well, I think it is the so the thing is the algorithm rewards, but the thing, but at the same time, the world is changing so quickly before our eyes that even, you know, five and six and seven year olds aspire to be, you know, um, computer game bloggers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, computer game bloggers or influencers, and and even when they're you know having their breakfast, they're describing what they're doing, and you're there going, oh my god, what's happened? I couldn't be bothered. Um, but at the same time. But at the same time, when I do watch automotive uh, content, yes, I, I, I watch less and less of it. I do too. And, and I think my mostly... audience is like me. Yes. Yeah. Because you, it's so become very repetitive. And before I'd watch, by certain YouTubers, I'd watch anything. And I, I've got to admit, and I've said this before, I still do watch The Late Break Show mm -hmm. because it's, I like Johnny Smith which helps and also his content is is always relevant he's always talking about you know he's got um a, a barn find section where he'll go to somebody's garage that's not been open in so long and he has to chop trees down to get to it yeah and then he has to drag a car out that's been in there for 30 years not because it broke down or it needs restoration just because someone parked it driving in there 30 years ago and then just decided not to drive it for 30 years and they try and get it going. I don't know why I love those videos. Or I'll watch, you know, some new launch of an electric car and I like his sort of pragmatism about how he describes it. Yep. Um, he's not really touched on the, on the, what we discussed about electric cars earlier. And I guess Harry's garage, he's, he talks about that, but I've, I'm I'm not a massive fan of all of his videos because some of them, I don't know, it's not something I see come up because I follow his, I subscribe. Yep. His video comes up and I don't always hit yes, I'll watch that sure. religiously. Um, so I don't know. I mean, there's I don't know if it's it's the the tastes of everybody uh, are changing or we're just becoming a bit more old and redundant. Um, I, yeah, we're 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 more you know. Um, desensitized to it all coming up and going yeah i've seen that kind of thing before i'm not really interested i can't really be bothered or our attention span shorter i don't know but there's some things that i'll still watch but then i think at the same time it's what stops me doing a video if i had my 912 i'd probably do more about that because you know maybe i'd have more enthusiasm for doing that and it's not sure. about you know I, I guess we're at that point where and we're not big we don't rely on income so I, i'm not even monetized mm -hmm. Uh, on from YouTube, so we do a video on something that we're enthusiastic about. Yep, yep. And is it because our enthusiasm is waning? And I can't, you know, I don't want to do another video on nine nine six, or uh, I, I I would like to do videos on my nine twelve, but it's just not available to me. So I don't know. I I, I'm, I need to think about what I think about it. That you, makes sense. Will you do that and you come back to us? I will. I received a late birthday present from. My wife and daughter. Ooh. Porsche Unseen. This is the Ooh. book from the Porsche Museum of the concept cars and studies that they didn't build. Well, they built one-offs and all prototyping and stuff like that. And there are some cars in here that I've got no idea why they didn't build. 
There is some stunning, oh. stunning examples. Like they've got a 904 um, study in there. You know, the 904 pre Bootsy's first design, yep. which was a, a stunning car in its own right. The evolution on that that has been evolved, how they built the Cayman and not this is baffling to me. And that's coming from a Cayman owner. You know what I mean? Like, they should have oh. just released this car instead of the Cayman. It's uh, incredible. Mm. And some of the high-end sports car designs, like, you know, supercars or hypercar body shapes that they've gone down, there's a market for these cars. I'm looking at some of these cars and thinking, if they build 100 of these and charge $10 million each, they would sell all 100 of them. They would. Yeah, they would. You know, because, because there's just there's enough there's people out there like, There's that 917 design concept that you, that you would have seen that came out in the Salzburg. Yeah, I've seen that one. How have they not built that? How have they not just built that, put in some big hybrid motor that punches out, I don't know, 700 horsepower or even a Turbo S motor in it? And even if it's not the fastest thing in the world, my goodness, does it look it? You know, it... That, yep. It looks amazing. How do they not... They'd sell these cars hand over fist. And, you know, if they charge one zillion dollars for it, they'd sell it. Yeah. That, and like you say, they could make 100, they could make 50. I don't know what, at what point... Yeah, if you make 50, then you're going to charge so much more just to make money on it. And um, it doesn't matter. The, it, the money isn't an issue in today's market. They, they People will pay. Mm. Particularly... With a brand like Porsche. They've got some amazing... Okay, here's the... Now let me see if I can get a better photo of this. This 904 concept for you. Oh, I do like the look of that. I do like the look of that. That is... is... Yeah, it is stunning. You know, but anyway. It is. Baffles me. Baffles me that they haven't built some of these cars. But, great, look, I've only looked at the pictures so far, and there's quite a lot of text in this. I'm looking forward to reading that, and I'll come back to you. I'll give you a report on... It might actually tell me why they haven't built it in there. Yeah, you need to sit and uh, have a coffee and take in the scenery and then read the book. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Oh, oh, I don't know about that. But uh, the the thing I was going to ask you about is, have you had anybody contact you about the giveaway? The phone charger. I've had no one. Nobody wants this stuff. No Is it because we talk about it at the end? There's, look, firstly, we've only got a few listeners, right? Yeah, and at least three of them. One of them must want a free charger. In all fairness. All we've got to do is just go, hey, give me the free charger. Give it to me now. Yep. We'll just post it. Well, all they've got to do, right? Actually, on the, on the three listeners, the podcast has shrunk over the last uh, post-Christmas. Yep. The engagement level is uh, diminished, so we have to do something oh extraordinary to lift us to, to the next level. So, if any listeners have got any ideas out there, now I know we've got a very loyal band of listeners. Thank you to all those people out there. The uh, thanks, mum. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, if you got any insights as to what could we do to grow our channel, because I'd like to grow our channel. I believe. Yeah, um, me too. I enjoy doing this, and I know our loyal listeners enjoy listening. So 
if we're appealing to and it's not go well i think it's not we're not we're not saying we want to make lots of money from it we just want to reach out we want to hear from more people we exactly want to, i want to engage more with more people commenting on yeah. what we're saying yeah exactly and people who especially people who are doing what we're doing yeah you know living our best trying life. to get on the ladder for a yeah yes that and trying to get on the ladder for buying their first porsche or buying their third or their fifth or having some kind of experience that they'll go oh yeah these guys or getting really don't know what they're talking about but i'll listen to them or getting continually frustrated that, they can't get that GT car allocation. No. Why is that? I I'm, I think I need to I need to go and see Tina. I'm gonna get one. At the first garage. You're gonna get you bought a GT car. No, I'm gonna get a brand new GT car allocation. You're not gonna buy it. Don't buy no. Why not? Are you gonna buy a brand new one and put it in the garage and never drive it? No, I was thinking about having the highest kilometer counted gt3 rs there is get gt2 rs wait for the new one uh, get on what? the list now i'm semi-conscious of my driving inability and i think i could actually be going too far out the other end if i get into a gt2 rs i always find you semi-conscious but <laughs> i I feel, I feel, yeah, don't, 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 I mean, we're, we're talking about like, unless you've got secret wealth or someone, you know, has died and left you a shit ton of money. I was thinking more along the lines of uh, what other compromises I would need to make in my life. I, I think I'd, I'd have to compromise how many kidneys I have <laughs> and how much of my liver I've got left. And then I might be able to get on the list. Well, I reckon... And then I, get massive finance. I think, my, I think my GD4 will cover half of it, right? Hang on. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Pro, uh, hang on. So we're talking what? GT... What? Three? I'm not, I'm, I'm not getting a GT3. I want a GT3 RS. GT3 RS? Your GT4 will cover half of it. Yeah, I reckon it would come pretty close, yeah. I think you should do it. I've still come up the other half. You're not going to lose out. No, but isn't this but isn't this nuts that you could get one, keep it for a year, drive it, and you're not going to lose any money on it? I'm not going to want to sell it. But you're going to have to because you you'll have to liquidate that asset. Why? Or just look. I mean, or just I, I mean keep the... earning loads more money. No, I don't look. It's been a number of decades since I've had any car finance, right? So I could just go out and do that again. For the other half, couldn't I? There is that. Well, I I had car finance probably two eighteen months ago on my golf uh, golf R because it was brand new. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think your finance works. If I couldn't there, justify. Right? Sorry, your finance system, the car purchasing whole thing works different there to here. Oh, it does, and also the the interest rate has gone up. Yeah, oh, considerably. That's global. So, yeah, but also, um, I don't know. I couldn't afford it. I couldn't afford it. It would be like it would be thousands of pounds a month. Thousands. I mean, like six thousand pounds a month. Or something what about like these service? What about the servicing costs and the insurance? What do you think they're going to be like? Exactly. There's that fuel, <laughs> road tax. Oh, fuel's the least right, of your concerns in a car like that. I know, but if I if I just go in there now. 
and and find how much it costs. So I, I was looking at Sport Classic earlier, and it goes build your own. I don't know if it gives you the finance number there. If I just went standard features. Mm, poverty pack. Poverty pack, yeah. How much is it? Hang on. It starts at it starts at two hundred and fourteen thousand two hundred pounds. I don't think they're worth it, the sport classic cars. I look, don't get me wrong, I know they are exclusive. You know, there's Is it currently the most powerful manual nine eleven? I believe it is. Right? But it's not the drive. It's for me. It's still own. It's not a GT car, and it's GT car money. It doesn't have that engine or yes. that sound. Do you know what I mean? It's not a. Doesn't I don't know. I just can't get. I, I don't get it. And look, I'm going to get the opportunity because a friend of the podcast is collecting his in the coming. What month are we at? I think it's a, a second week of March. He's invited me to come along yeah. and. Um, see what I think of the car to have a drive of and all that sort of thing. So I'll get a good touchy-feely of a 992 Sport Classic. And I look, maybe it'll, it'll, I'll change my mind. But in all fairness, I haven't driven a manual 992 either. So they might just be an amazing driving experience. Like a normal Carrera S manual might be an amazing driving experience or a Carrera T. Like, you know, those cars, Carrera T yeah. manuals are spoken about with a lot of fondness, aren't they, by people who know cars yeah there is that i don't know i mean it's just when i think about that it's, it's about the finance thing for me it's I feel like i should go and work it out but it will be a lot of money and when you think about so let's say you got it over you went to a specialist finance company and you said give me finance on a 911 let's just say you you went i walked into the dealership and i went i want to order a 911 Pereira. yep right just give me a 911 Carrera. It's yep. going to be, what, three litre turbo, whatever it is? Yep. And yep. it's going to be, what, £70,000 specs. And I'll, I'm not going to trade in my 996 because, you know, it's too precious to me. Um, you mean it's but worth the, nothing. Uh, well, and it's worth nothing. But uh, not if it has the PCCM. Oh, and a wash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The wash will be... What should be like value. 150 quid when it happens? Yeah, exactly. And um, so if I said I want that on finance, you know, I might have to put down a 10% deposit or whatever it is. Sure. Then it'd be interesting to know what that is and over what period it is. Or would I have to go to a specialist company that gives me the whole money to buy it and then I pay them back for a month? I don't there are, know. There are, some, might have done there are some of these specialist finance companies in the UK that sponsor podcasts. Yeah, but you've already said we're, we're not getting the traction and engagement that we normally get. We should say, no, I mean, we, we mean we're getting way more. <laughs> the point I'm making is, let's come back with some numbers. I want to know how much. I'll come back with how much it would cost me in Australia with a 10% deposit on a base Carrera. You do the same. Base Carrera. No trade-in. Okay. 10% deposit. I'm gonna, okay. Okay, I'm going to go and see Tina. With? Maximum available balloon payment. Oh, right. So minimum monthly maximum yeah, balloon. Correct. What's the cheapest per month we can get into? Okay. A nine nine two. Carrera. Okay. 
That but, that is actually that would be interesting. Yep, to see what the difference is like because there's obviously a big difference in price of the cars across our regions, right? Yes. The other part of it is oh, are we going poverty pack. Are we going poverty? Yeah, base, pack? base, base. Yeah, right? base, no, no options. Base. Okay, and it'll have to be PDK because I don't. You can't get manual careers here in Australia. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't, I'll let you know. I don't think you can in the UK either. I think you've got to go career S to get manual. Yeah, I think I think you might be right. Yeah, let's have, let, I'll I'll check into it though. Yeah, so POV, POV, POV. Maximum, you know, min, the cheapest we can get into one of these cars for. Yeah. Monthly repayments. Okay, let's your, do that. There's your homework and let's uh, talk about it. Now, I did have another um, audio file about driving that 458 Speciality, but we'll save that for another podcast. Because, we're, yeah, let's do that. Let's that in. So we we have been going on a bit, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. That's what happens when we don't speak uh, for two um, weeks. Just have one more. I need to have just one more. Um. Are you imagine if we were down in the pub? Oh, we'd be there for hours. We'd be there for hours because think about it. I mean, I, I don't know if the listeners know, but we have never actually met face to face. Apart from a video, that's so weird. But we always have the option of you go and sit in a pub and I'll go sit in a pub and we'll do this. Yeah. Hang on, what time of the day it was... would work for both of us for the, for, to do that? I could do lunchtime drinking and you'd be late in the evening. Ah, yes, yes, you're right, that could work. I do love a bit of lunchtime drinking. <laughs> but the... You work now, you can't go <laughs> lunchtime drinking. There, there is that. There is that. We could do it on a, we could do on a weekend. That's a good idea, actually. Yes, we could. And then, because I, um, I, last week, when I travelled for work, I met one of my colleagues for the first time face-to-face. We'd done lots of video calls. Yeah. And the first thing he said to me was, you're way taller than I expected. <laughs> no one's ever said that. And I get that all the time. No, we get that all the time. It's because you're a stupor. You're way taller. I'm not a stupor. It's just where the, where the camera is. And also, my wife keeps telling me I have a short body and long legs. So like a, like when, a daddy long leg spider. Yeah, even when I work... Do you scratch your, office, um, you know, your thing up here, do you? What thing up here? You know, you think, you know, you think, Yeah, do you, you scratch it up here? Is it just... <laughs> is that no, your sternum? No, is it? it's not in between my... It's not in between my nipples, No. <laughs> Well, I did. Oh, look, you've got a cough going now. I need another swig of my whiskey. But uh, I did off- sit opposite uh, a lady in one of my previous jobs, and I used to speak to her every day. And then she used to come in after me and only stay for about two hours and then leave. Sure. She was IT support. And the one day she came in and I was standing up, and she went, bloody hell, I didn't realize you were that tall. And it's because I do slump in my chair, but... My wife tells me I have more legs, which is why I wouldn't fit in my Boxster. When I drove my Boxster, it's my my knee would hit the gear stick, or I, my hands would hit my knees while I was trying to turn. And I thought, how stop do you come, fit stop in come this? up with excuses for the Boxster, the Boxster. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty bad. Anyway, it was pretty bad. Let's call. Let's call it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. It's let's been it. a pleasure as always. Reach out to one of us so we can send this uh, Porsche official licensed charger to someone. And yep. engage. Let's hear from you. Got any comments? Got any ideas? We'd love to know what's going on in your life. Got any guests coming up, Hashmo? Because mm. I feel like one of us is doing no. all the work at the moment. I, 
I, I know, I know. I've got, I've got some possibilities, um, and we're going to get them on. But it's, I've just been very bad at saying let's definitely do this date. I've kind of, you sort of teased it, it with them. I know. I need to. I need to lock it in, and I want. And I want to do one of them where I am remote. I'm somewhere else. Sure. Talking to somebody, and you're on video. Yep. Um, so I want to do that too. Good one. All right then. Thank you very much. Have a great day, everyone. Go out, drive your car. Thank you.